Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to the I See Old People podcast. The I See Old People podcast is a monthly reflection on the aging process, uh, filtered in with a little bit about what's going on culturally around us and some of the coping mechanisms that we need to employ during this time of madness. Today is April 13th, 2021. And I'm very, very happy to say that I have reached the 10-month sobriety mark. Very, very happy with that. It's actually today is the day. On June 13th of 2021, I will be one year. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's just enjoy the fact that 10 months have passed and I had no relapse. It was at the nine-month mark that I often or twice I had a relapse. It was very difficult to get back on the sobriety train. But I did. And now I am in uh, what I would call uncharted territory. I have never gone this long in my drinking career without drinking. And I feel at this point, with what I have been through in the last month, that I can do anything and I don't need to have alcohol to do it. So I'm really, really happy to hit that 10-month mark. Now, everybody who had, had me in the pool for never, ever doing another podcast, okay, you guys are out of the pool because I, here I am. I know that the last podcast was short and miserable. I just listened to it again to refresh my memory of how terrible that was. I had just had surgery and I was very, very weak. What happened within days of that is I ended up back in hospital with an obstructed bowel. It started out as a sore tummy. The sore tummy got worse and worse and worse. And after about six hours on the couch with a heating pad, uh, no, there was no pain relief and it was getting worse. Uh, I, I went to emergency. In emergency, uh, they diagnosed me fairly quickly. They asked me two simple questions. They said, are you passing any gas? I said, no, I am not passing any gas. And then they said, do you feel like you really, really need to pass gas? And I said, yes. And they knew almost immediately what it was. They sent me for a CT scan with contrast dye, and they diagnosed an obstruction in my small bowel. Now, I've been in the medical field for over 35 years, and I knew that an obstructed bowel was a fairly common occurrence, but I didn't know that one of the reasons people get an obstructed bowel is because of previous abdominal surgery. So in the last year, I've had two abdominal surgeries. I had an umbilical mesh repair, an umbilical hernia repair with a mesh. That was a year ago. And then just last month, I had laparoscopy, laparoscopy to remove my gallbladder. And then just a week after my last podcast, where I was feeling so weak and so depressed and so despondent, uh, I ended up in hospital again for three days. That experience was a little bit out of this world. The pain was just unbelievable. Eventually got relief. And the way I got relief from the pain is they uh, shoved an NG tube down my down my th- nose, through my nose and into my stomach. And NG stands for nasogastric. So it goes from the nose to the stomach. And I always thought an NG tube was for feeding people, you know, people who can't be fed and you have to keep them alive and you put an NG tube down and then you feed them. Well, I I didn't realize that you can also do the opposite with an NG tube. The NG tube goes down into the stomach and then it gets attached to a pump and the pump uh, started pulling out my stomach contents, my stomach acid and anything that was still in my stomach. 
Fortunately, I had not had a very big meal that day. Uh, it took out a, as much as it could, but as soon as it started pulling out from my stomach, my, the pain started to subside. They sedated me pretty well for two nights, and eventually the blockage kind of let go. They told me that I have all kinds of scar tissue inside my abdomen, and what happened was uh, the, the bowel got caught up within the scar tissue, uh, it blocked the bolus of uh, food moving through it, and then it just backed up, just like a dam. It just backed up and backed up and backed up, and the pain was absolutely excruciating. Uh, it did resolve itself without surgery, thank God, and I'm out of and I got out of hospital after three days. I've been out for two weeks now, but my energy level is still brutally low. It's very, very difficult. I just did my stint at the soup kitchen this morning. It's a Tuesday morning, and the soup kitchen runs on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday morning, and I, I barely got through it. I barely got through it, but I did. I did, because last week I went in and left early. The week before, I didn't go in at all, so at least I was there, and I did my part, and I helped some of the people in the community, so I was very, very happy to be able to do that. So uh, although my energy is very, very low, I'll give you an example. Uh, just yesterday morning, I, I got up around, I don't know, 8.30 in the morning, had a coffee with my wife. I sat there at the kitchen table and had a coffee around 9.30. So an hour later, I said, oh, okay, I'm going to go upstairs. I'm going to make the bed and uh, get dressed and I'll be back down. Well, I made the bed and the bed looked so comfortable. I laid down on the bed again and I slept. I fell asleep and I fell asleep until four o'clock in the afternoon. So that's how tired I was just yesterday. So I'm dealing with that issue, but other than the tiredness, I feel okay. You know, the gallbladder, everything's functioning well again in through there. Uh, my bile's working, I'm digesting food, my bowels are working. But just this energy, this lack of energy, wow. So what have I done with all this lack of energy? I've, I've watched a lot of TV. I, I watched the entire series, not, not season, the six seasons of Vikings. It was fantastic. I loved it. I watched all of them, Ragnar, and the whole story was incredible. It, it followed them from when they first discovered England to when they then discovered Iceland, Greenland, and then they made it as far as Newfoundland in the very last episode. So it was about the great exploration days of the Vikings. Highly, highly recommend it. And as well, I watched three seasons of Loudermilk. And Loudermilk is an excellent, excellent show about a addiction counselor. And because we are in lockdown now and AA has been shut down for three weeks now, uh, there's no in-person meetings. Uh, watching Louder Milk has been was kind of therapeutic for me, so I really enjoyed it. So the Louder Milk is uh, was a half hour is a half hour show, three seasons, and Vikings is an hour long show with six seasons, and some of those seasons had eighteen episodes. So it's just an incredible amount of TV that I I don't normally watch, but at least I tried to concentrate on non commercial non-news and just plain old enjoying uh, a bit of history i love history and uh, it was wonderful to uh, to really go back into those that those viking times uh, a couple of weeks ago i i think i'd mentioned that i ordered a sauna i ordered a barrel sauna i grew up in thunder bay ontario and there's a real finn culture there uh, thunder bay has the most people of finnish origin outside of finland 
So the Finnish dysporia is very, very uh, common in Thunder Bay. And people have saunas up there at their camps because they don't call them cottages, they call them camps. So I, I'm very familiar with uh, sauna culture and I had a sauna at one time in one of my homes as well. Now this is going to be my first outdoor sauna. It's a barrel sauna. That's It's called a barrel sauna just because that's exactly what it is. The shape of it is like a big barrel on its side. And uh, it is sitting uh, right now in my garage like a uh, giant Lego set ready to be put together. But I can't get it together until I create a little bit of a pad area to put it on. And my energy level has been so low that I've not been able to do that. So every day I look at the pile of sauna in my garage and every day I say not today. But eventually we will get it put together and I will be enjoy enjoying the very uh, positive health benefits of, of uh, using a sauna on a regular basis. It was funny when I went up to get the sauna, I, uh, I rented a trailer from U-Haul and uh, the biggest trailer they had, 6x12, and I drove up to Owen Sound, Ontario. And in Owen Sound, I, uh, they put the uh, crate that, w that had my sauna inside of it on, on, the, um, on the trailer uh, with a forklift, placed it down, 1,500 pounds. I said, how in God's name are we going to get this off here when we get back to uh, Simcoe? And I was told just simply to crack the crate open and hand bomb it, hand bomb it from the, from the trailer into the, into the garage. And that's exactly what we did. Something I absolutely shouldn't have done because I was, I was way too close to have having, having that surgery. And it's quite possible that that might've contributed to me, um, to me ending up with the bowel obstruction. So I'm really, really regret doing it, but it's done now. There's not much I can do about it. I could have left it there in a crate uh, in the side of the factory for another month and no one would have cared. Uh, but instead I felt, oh, it's ready. I've got to go get it. I've got to go get it. So I drive five hours uh, to get it. I bring it back. I'm about a half an hour from home and I get pulled over by the police. So I get pulled over by the police and they say, I'm going, I'm speeding. I said, I, I, officer, I'm not speeding. I, I, I'm sure I wasn't. He shows me his gun and I was about 14 over. And I had just come off the highway from the highway, like a 400 highway, to a secondary road. And you know, you're, you're just not adjusted to it yet. He caught me right off the off-ramp, practically. I was still going too, too fast. So he was right, and, and, and he was right to give me a ticket. But what he did is he started inspecting my load. And he came back to me with this list of violations that just turned me white. Okay, he said the load wasn't... Um, strapped down. I said, it's 1,500 pounds. It has not moved. He said, it doesn't matter. It has to be strapped down. The chains on the trailer were not crisscrossed underneath. That's a fine. I do not think that you're, you have the towing capacity for this vehicle. That's a fine. He just went on and on and on. And then after scaring me to death, me turning white in my seat, he says, he says to me, I'm not a traffic cop. So I don't know what kind of cop he was. He said, I'm not a traffic cop and I don't feel like calling one here to, to give you all these tickets. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the speeding ticket and that's it. And then when he came back, he reduced, he even reduced the speeding ticket slightly. And I said, oh my God. I said, I haven't had a ticket in 20 years. And he looked straight at my eyes and he said, I know that's why I reduced it. And that's why I'm letting you go home right now. 
with this unsafe load. I do not believe it was unsafe, but he certainly did. Then it was funny. We drove his five-hour drive for four hours driving along, enjoying myself, not thinking twice about my load. It's perfect. It's pulling along beautifully. The last 45 minutes of the drive, I'm thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to get pulled over. I'm going to get a fine. The next cop might not be as, as friendly. So a lot of stress for nothing. And then when I got when, when I got back to the house, hand-bombed the whole thing up into the garage, and it was just, it was exhausting. It was exhausting. But anyway, there it is. So I am going to have a sauna someday, and uh, I'm going to move on from there. One of the notes I made over the course of the month was I want to, to make a salute to all the women, all the women who are married to addicts. And I guess I can be uh, all-inclusive. There's men who are, are married to addicts as well. I'm sure, but uh, all the women who are married to addicts, like my, 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 my poor wife, like we've been married for 36 years, and what she's gone through because of my alcohol addiction has, uh, has been right next to hell. And, uh, you know, there she is, though. She's, so, she's still there. This is a special type of woman who can live with an addict. This is a special type of woman. I, I honestly believe that they are saints. I have nothing but praise today for people like my wife, and the other people who have to deal with us addicts, us, us addicts who have so much trouble just trying to live in the, in the normal world. So I'm, I'm really, really grateful for the love and support that I've received from my wife. And uh, I just can't think of how I could have gotten through it, all of these situations without her. So it's been a real, it's been a real blessing to have this woman in my life. And to be, to be at 10 months sober, I have to thank God. But I also have to thank her because she's helped me to get here. I'm so much better, you know, at, at stressful situations now uh, than when I was drinking. And this month was full of stressful situations. We just look at the age of madness. We look at the lockdown. Ontario, beautiful, beautiful Ontario is in, a in, in the third lockdown. Businesses are closed. People can't gather in groups of more than five. The ICU is full of people who are sick right now. Very stressful, and uh, and my breaking point was a lot quicker before. I, I can honestly say now that I can handle stress better, but everyone has a point. I, I certainly have felt at times, especially with this lack of energy, I've certainly felt at times that I'm hitting that breaking point, but, but I haven't. You know, I haven't. I, I heard something the other day at a, in a podcast I was listening to uh, that I really, really enjoyed and it said wear the world like a loose garment wear the world like a loose garment and that's what I've had to do with this age of madness I've had to just it of course it's around me I part of the world I live in the world but I don't have it on so tight that it begins to define me wear the world like a loose garment very very wise words one of my sons and there's a lot of wisdom sometimes from your children one of my sons was mentioning that he thought I was I was tuning in a little too much to the age of madness. I was tuning into it too much. It was making me too angry. It was causing me too much stress and that I probably needed to counter it with some more positive things. And one of the things I do is exercise, which is one of those positive things. And I do yoga and I do weights. But I had been listening to a lot of podcasts that were talking about the age of madness. What I've done now is switched over to a podcast, and it's called The One You Feed. And The One You Feed is based on the parable about uh, the grandmother talking to her grandson 
And, and she said, inside each of us grandson are two wolves, one evil wolf that will be destructive and will cause havoc in your life, and a good wolf that will uh, give you respect and self-respect and you will live well in the world as an honorable man. So every one of us has these two wolves inside of us fighting. And the young grandson looks up to the grandmother and said, well, which one wins? Which, they're, if they're fighting, which wolf wins? And the grandmother says, the one you feed. And that's the whole reason for this podcast. It's called The One You Feed. It's on Podbeam and uh, podcast, Apple Podcasts, anywhere. It's, it's fantastic. That's where I got that line, uh, wear the world like a loose garment. But it just talks about positive experiences, relationships, life changes, all in a very positive, scientific way. And it's been, it's been great for me. I highly recommend the podcast, The One You Feed. I think you'd really, really enjoy it. Like I mentioned before, we are in, in lockdown. Oh, that's why I brought up the, about the stress. I forgot to mention, I wrote it over here. <laughs> One of the promises in AA is that you'll handle life's stresses a little bit better. And I think, you know, promises kept uh, just shortly after my last podcast, it was a really, really nice day out. And I was out cleaning up all of these cables that were all over my house. I'm about the seventh owner of my house. And everybody who ever brought in cable into that house has left all the cables that were ever there from the beginning. So I knew a lot of them were rotten and didn't work and were not connected to anything. So I started cutting them out to clean up the area. While I was doing that, like a bonehead, I cut the main telephone line into my house. So basically I cut off my internet and telephone in my house, click, right like that. When I phoned the company saying that my internet wasn't working, they knew exactly the time to the second that it happened, which is exactly when I cut the line. But you know, an event like that would have pushed me over the edge. I would have blamed myself first I would have hated myself first and foremost, and then I would have attacked everyone around me, including the people who were going to try to help me fix the problem. That's the kind of person I was when I was a drunk. Instead, 10 months sober, I do a bonehead move, like cutting my own telephone line into my home. I have no internet for four days. They, they come and fix it, and... I got through it. Like I got through it. Like I, I didn't get angry. I didn't make everyone else around me angry and afraid of me. I didn't, I just accepted the fact that even a good person can do a dumb thing. Even a good person can do a real bonehead thing, like cutting the main line into their house. So it didn't make me a bad person. It didn't make everyone around me somehow conspirators against me. So I am blessed. And that is the promise of, of sobriety. That is the promise that you will have a more level head, that you'll carry on in the world with more respect for yourself and for the others around you, and that you will get through the world. You will get through the day. What does AA promise you? It promises you one thing, 24 hours. 24 hours of serenity and sobriety 
and then you do it again and then you do it again but you only want that 24 hours and when you get enough of those 24 hours added up together the promises start to be kept and that was really clearly clearly seen when I did that move of cutting the cable into my home and I'm just absolutely thrilled that I've, I've come to this point in my development and they say they say you stop developing emotionally when you start using and I believe I started to become a real heavy drinker probably in my mid-20s I, I would have thought of myself back then as a binge drinker but uh, it soon became a daily affair and it soon became an addiction but I really haven't matured from the hothead 25 year old testosterone riddled male and then when I saw my actions just recently I am starting to change I am starting to mature so things things do get better for everyone out there who is who's dealing with an addiction problem who's dealing with an alcohol problem there is help you can get help you have to reach out one of the lessons that was so, so important to me this year, this, this month, I'm sorry, not this year, this, this, in this month, was how I was getting through all of these health problems. One of the ways I was getting through these health problems was I kind of took a lesson from my brother-in-law from something that happened over 20 years ago. I never, I never got the lesson then. In fact, I found it annoying. But my brother-in-law and I were down in a ravine in Oakville at 16 Mile Creek, and we were walking with our, our boys. We have five boys between us. We were walking with our boys, and one of them was on a bicycle, and the others were walking, and we were just having a great time. Well, one of the boys ended up uh, having an accident, falling very, very sharply and hitting his head against a rock. Uh, it was very severe injury. It caused the, his entire scalp to come free from his skull. Uh, so his, his, his whole hairline and scalp was like flapping, flapping backwards. Anyone in the medical field knows how much uh, blood comes out from that area initially. It does stop eventually, but it comes out initially just gushing out. So we were in a very, very traumatic, uh, dangerous situation. And... Uh, we, we got through it. You know, we found help. We got, we got an ambulance. Uh, th this was the days before cell phones where everything was so instant. This was over 20 years ago. The kids were just young and they're, they're all in their 30s now. This was maybe 25 years ago. And uh, eventually we got the help. He got to see a surgeon. His, his scalp was, was put back on properly. He survived. Uh, we all survived everything. But the thing, the lesson that I missed was, was the way my brother-in-law dealt with it. My brother-in-law told the story of what happened in minute detail over and over and over again. He told anybody who would listen the story of what happened that day in that ravine. The outcome, how it happened, when it happened. He, he told that story for three weeks. For me, because I didn't get the lesson, because I didn't get it, I was just getting annoyed. Like, why doesn't he just stop talking about it? That's what I do. I just take things that I don't like and I just shove them down inside and I put a skin around them and I never think about them again. Why isn't he doing that? 
but now only now in all these years later is that I can I can actually say to myself like he was working through all of the emotions that were going through him all the guilt all of the anger all of the uh, fear everything that he was going through he was working it his story was helping him to deal with it and he got through that as a healthy man his son got through that as a healthy boy everyone his family got through it I never saw the lesson but now this this time around, when I'm in a bit of a health crisis, I've had a gallbladder surgery, I've had an obstructed bowel, I've been, I've been weak, and I'm telling it as a story. I'm telling people the story of what's happened, and it's a healing way. It involves the people who love you. The people who love you can tell you they love you and they are compassionate. When you just take an event and you shove it down inside and you hide it away, there's no way for anyone to know that you're even hurting. And then at one point you just explode and you just you just disappear into anger. And that's has been the pattern of my life for so, so long. So I feel that I've emotionally grown. I've actually grown. I missed the lesson twenty five years ago. I wasn't I wasn't ready for it. I, I couldn't understand it. And now I can. I can understand the, the power in the story. And those stories now are becoming very, very important to me. And, and it's brought my wife and I closer together. It's brought most of my children and I closer together. I, I still have an estranged son. And uh, that's one of the most difficult things. But I, I'll deal with him and I'm going to deal with him the same way I'm dealing with everything. I'm going to do it with a clear head. It, with sobriety and, and with love and, and compassion as I love him dearly and I miss him terribly. So I had a few other things to talk about. I wanted to talk about corporate technocracy and all kinds of things to do with the age of madness. And I just, I, I don't think it's, it's the time. I think it, there's so many people that can tell you so much more about these issues than I can. So what can I talk about is exactly what I talked about today and how I'm dealing with, with uh, a very serious addiction problem and that I, every day I get stronger, every day that I cannot drink. You know, like today I'm at 10 months. Every day that I don't drink, I get more and more resilience. If I can do that, if I can do this, I can do other things. So building my resilience, building my strength, these are my goals building my relationship with my family, with my sons, with my daughter, with my strange son. I love everybody. I've never really known how to show it, but I'm learning. I'm learning. So if you've listened to this point, you know I love you, and I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much, and uh, I'll be back next month. We're going to celebrate 11 months of sobriety next month, and I'm going to get there one day at a time. Thanks for listening.